today is uh, July the 21st, 2019, hallelujah, and um, I'll just wait a few minutes and we'll get started with some prayer, amen, let a couple people join, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I trust everyone's having a, a great week and a great day in the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Amen. All right. We're going to uh, give another minute or so. We'll start with some prayer. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah, Father. Ebony, Washington, how are you, ma'am? Martin, good morning, Martin, hallelujah. John Denton, Mackenzie Costell, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. All right, let's start with some prayer, man. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for this precious day, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your word today, Father. Your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh, Father. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that we need you, Father, today. We need your presence. We need your spirit, Father. I thank you how you told Moses, Father, that where shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that your presence goes with us? Amen. Moses said this to you, Lord God, and that your presence is with us, O God, and this is what separates us, both I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. We have your presence, O God, we have your life and our spirit, amen. And I thank you, Lord God, for your word that declares that in him was life, and the life was the light. That Zoe inside of us is the light that gives us comprehension, understanding, and revelation. And I thank you, Father God, that you open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things out of the book of thy law today. I thank you, Father, as I stand in your presence, Father God, teaching and sharing and ministering your word, Father, to your people, Lord God, that you would give them ears to hear, Lord God, what the Spirit is saying. And, Lord God, that no corrupt communication will proceed out of our mouths, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. I thank you for those that are here today, and I thank you for the divine influence on their heart that's being ministered to them. I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit, amen, for the anointing of God to be able to minister your word with strength and power and to be able to produce, Father, after the Spirit, Father God, your kind. I bless you, Father, in Jesus' name for this precious day. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God, everyone. I trust everyone's doing good today, amen. Like I said, today is uh, July the 21st, 21st, 2019, amen, and uh we're going to get get into the Word in a minute, but I wanted to share a couple of stories with you today, uh, some things that I encountered yesterday right, in actuality. First of all, you know, the Lord has been very gracious to, to me and to my household, amen, and, and, and bringing His provision to us, and, uh, and, and praise God. I mean, you know, God is so faithful, amen. The Scripture says that if we obey and serve Him, we'll spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasure, amen. And, and, you know, we don't want to get that twisted that our goal is always seeking, right, finance and seeking to get uh, a more comfortable life, if you will. 
And and again, the true riches that God has established for his people are obviously are to establish his covenant. As it says in Deuteronomy 8.18, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth that he might establish his covenant. See, he's got a purpose in the earth. He's got land that we need to take in the spirit. Amen. But obviously, as we've been learning, you know, the carnal man, he can't acquire these things. And yet the carnal man, he's the one that's chasing after the wrong tree. In other words, he's going to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, looking for that, uh, that lifestyle that will exemplify what he thinks in the earth is a, an affluent and an opulent lifestyle. But in the kingdom of God, the difference is that the presence of God, that's what I'm after, amen. Because if I have the life of God, then I can have... The direction of God. And he'll bring me into the direction of these things in my life that, that my family needs. And those that are around me and what they need. Not only in the word of God. Not only in the revelation of the, of the word of God. And the spirit of God and so on. And the anointing and the power of God. But in the in, in these aspects of, of finance and so on. That, that we need not to again. Not to uh, use that for our own glory. But you know turn around and use it for the kingdom of God. Amen. Figure out a way, I mean, by the Spirit of God. In other words, come up with a plan of, and a format to deliver what God has given us in our work in the earth. You know, for me, you know, so far it's been teaching this word, amen. And and it's funny because I remember um, a prophecy, you know, that the Lord's been reminding me of in the past few days. Is that, Joseph, you're going to be teaching nations. And when I heard that years ago, four or five years ago, I thought to myself, what are you talking about, Father? How am I going to be teaching nations? Are you going to send me around all over the country? And I'm all, how am I going to get to these other countries? I don't have the means. You know, I don't have a format. I don't know what you're talking about, right? Well, I was thinking carnally, right? And, uh, and, and, and lo and behold, you know, like I said, these past few weeks, I've been meditating on this, this, this prophecy that the Lord gave me through a sister. And she said, Joseph, you know, all this time and this preparation that you've been spending before the Lord, it's not, it's not for, for not. It's not for nothing, in other words. It's for the nations. Praise God. It's for the nations, amen. And here we go. Now there's a platform, there's a format, there's a product that's been developed, amen, to bring the word of the Lord to the people all over the world. <laughs> and I ain't traveling nowhere, glory to God. The scripture talks about the prince of the power of the air. Well, glory to God, the prince of the power of the air. <laughs> that is the enemy, glory to God. All his methods and all his ways and what he's trying to bring into our lives to channel in perversion and, and, and bring, bring us to a place of uh, where we don't have peace in our lives and where we're being filtered and all this perversion is being dropped into our minds and so on, all that stuff. Now there's an alternative, glory to God. Now the kingdom of God is being preached, amen. And being taught to the people of God. Not for the glory of the man or the people. But for the glory of God. Amen. So that we can accomplish the work of God in the earth. So yesterday I went uh, to this place in Fort Worth. And uh, it was kind of sad. You know there was a lot of poverty there man. I mean the whole area that I was at. It just looks uh, destroyed man. You know like. Just trying to maintain all this, this poverty. It was just heartbreaking, right? And then yesterday I was eating at a place and uh, there was a little girl, you know, she wanted to go up to the machine to get her a drink. Well, her mother was over there focused on something else on her phone, right? 
And so there's a, there's the other young lady there that was standing there next to her, and, and I knew what she wanted. You know, she wanted to get up there and push that ice ice dispenser on her own and hit the button and tap it and show us. You know, not show us, but you know, she's she's got a goal in mind, right? So I tried to lift her up, you know, and and the mother, well, like I said, this whole time the mother never even paid attention to what was going on, and the other lady was standing there. And so I, I lifted her up, and well, the little girl didn't know what to do, and finally I put her back down, and I, and I said, here, give me, you know, give me the cup, and I put it up there for her, and gave her the drink, and gave her a lid and a straw and everything. She went on her, she went on her way, right? And the young lady, she said, thank you. She didn't know the little girl. I didn't know the little girl. She's telling me thank you. And the point I'm getting at is that, you know, the scripture says of Jesus, right? Let's go to that verse real quick in Luke, Luke chapter 2. Oh, man. Praise God. Luke chapter 2. Praise God. This is a story about at the end of this chapter here is that Jesus, the scripture says of Jesus, verse 49, his mother said, Hi, he said unto him, and he said unto them, well, first of all, verse 48, and when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said, son, why have you dealt thus with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrow, amen. And sorrow means to cause intense pain, anguish. Can you imagine losing your son or your daughter? I can imagine a young child, because that happened to me one time at the, the ballpark we were, going, we were at a, baseball game and I said I lost my son actually he took off walking I turned to look in one of the sections there of the booths and checking out the shirts and stuff and then he kept on going well my other son turned with me and uh I turned around about less than 30 seconds later and he and we couldn't find him well he kept walking and there was crowds right and if you've ever been at the ballpark here at Texas Stadium it's round right you know and so he was walking and uh and uh, we pulled over to the side. I said, let's go over here. And, and then I said, um, I, I found a lady right right away. I was looking for someone that had a, a radio, right? And there, so anyway, I pulled her aside and I said, ma'am, I can't find my son. And she says, okay, hold on, don't panic. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't panicking, right? I wasn't concerned, amen, in the fact that he wouldn't be found right away because, well, so anyway, she got on the radio. She had, first thing she asked me what he's wearing, da da da, and I said she's he's wearing this and this. And then, thirty seconds later, okay, we found him. Come with me. And so we went, and probably about twenty or thirty yards away, and he was there in a little room that they had. Somebody else had found him. One of the other attendants that works there <clears throat> had found him, and. Uh, they, they had him in a little room back there, and he was back there eating snacks and stuff. <laughs> he was having a good time. The point is, is that, I, you know, I was a little bit, uh, I wasn't panicking, but, you know, obviously I wanted my son with me. Amen. So anyway, we found him, and we went on our way there. And uh, But talking about Jesus, right, it says that we've been looking for you, and we've been sorrowing, your father and I. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And that's the same for all of us, right? We should be about our father's business. But 
the scripture, if you look here, it says, and they saw, and they that, and when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son. The Greek word there for the word son is the word technon. She said technon, which means teenager, which he was about 12 years old at this time. And she addressed him properly, right? In, 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 in that, you know, where, where have you been, my son? And uh, verse 50, and they understood now the saying which he spake unto them. Yeah, you should be about your father's business, Mighty Christ, but in the time that it's proper and, and it's in the right season, not when you're a novice, you see, young and, un, and, and unprincipled, right? And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. Subject is the word hupotasso, to arrange under, to subordinate. Okay, and then in verse 52, and this is what I've been trying to get to here, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Okay? Now, this little girl, right, I was talking about earlier, helping her out, gave her the drink, you know. She went on her little way, and the other young lady says, Thank you. And the presence of God came on me, and as I sat down, I started looking at all the people there, right? And uh, I just started started crying right and it was funny because uh, when I was over there well anyway I started looking at all the people you know and uh, and how this young girl that didn't even know me she was probably about 20 or so she had a young daughter herself and she said thank you and that broke me because you see the world and those that are out there in the world, all they've ever known is those that are trying to take for them. As Jesus says, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. People that have been trying to figure out how to market against you to get your time and your money and take from you so that they can make themselves and their pockets fat and rich. But that's not the way it is in the kingdom of God, body of Christ. The scripture says if you're about your father's business, he'll be about your business. Amen. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things that the Gentiles are looking for will be added unto you. So, as I said there, you know, I realize that here where I live and so on, you know, I, I don't claim to be a minister. I don't claim to be a pastor or, or any of the gifts, right? I'm just a son of God here representing my father as best I know how and can. And the point I'm trying to make is that I'm not here seeking my own glory, right? I'm here for this for this city and these people, right? And everywhere the Lord sends me. And uh, like I said, when I was over there at that place in Fort Worth, I, I met a young man there and we got to talking about the kingdom of God. And, and you know, his frustration was is that, you know, why, where are, where are those that are going to help the people, right? You know, he mentioned a young lady that he knew, and she needed counseling in her marriage, and, and rather than set up a, a meeting with those that, that are there, the bishop, and help them in their souls, right? They wanted to schedule her to have an appointment with the counselor that they also supply. And she's like, well, why can't I speak to my pastor? And I was telling this young man, that's the way the system's designed, right? We, we, uh, 
That's all we've ever known. You see, that's all the world has ever known. That's all we've ever known, these churches and their structures and their religious Babylonian babyland ways. They're not there to, to, to get the people at a place where they're ready to go out and be and be and do the work of the Lord and so on in their lives. In other words, they can't grow up. And I reiterated the statement to that young man. I said, what needs to be taught can't be preached. Right? These things that I'm sharing with you, that I've been sharing with you this past year now, this whole, has all been teaching, 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 to lay that foundation. Right? And what am I asking from you? Except that you would, and I would follow God with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our souls. Right? Loving our Father, amen, and, and coming into His ways and experience the goodness of the God now. Eternal life is not about eternally I'm going to live with God and be in heaven. It's that right now, Zoe, the life of God, you're going to experience that life. Now. Every day, the wisdom of God, the righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, all these things that God has put in our spirits, being able to bring direction, amen, to our lives and to the lives of our brothers and sisters, knowing how to bring a word in season, to those that are weary, what are they weary from, man? They're worn out because of this world and the system. And the systems that it produces. This Babylonian ways. Confusion everywhere. People start out loving God and serving God. And before you know it, they don't even know which way to turn. And they feel that God has failed them. Right? That he hasn't brought any direction to my life. Well, you know. And God all along saying, well, because the format, the method that's out there is not my way. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail. Well, why do they prevail? Why does poverty, sickness, disease, prostitution, drug abuse, right? Those that are peddling the drugs out there, the murder, the abortions, the hatred, the division. The division, the strife, the anger, the fighting, the Mexicans, the whites, the blacks, the Asians. All these groups in the churches, we got our own way. We, you know, ours is the method way, the, the, the methodia, the Methodist. Ours is the, the Baptist way. Ours is the non-national way. Ours is the charismatic way. Ours is the Pentecostal, the full gospel. Why do we have all these ways of division and strife? Who's building this thing? Well, Jesus said, I will build my church. But the church is right, the, that we're looking and we're seeing is not the, what Jesus Christ had planned. He didn't instrument, he didn't institute all this. Who did body of Christ? Well, this is what man does when he gets a hold of it, right? The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and those that are out there that are educated and trained, they figure out a way to manipulate the people and get their money from them. Why do I want to teach you how to grow your own corn, how to do it the proper way, when if I can manipulate you and figure out a way to get the money from you, then I'm going to grow wealthier and wealthier, right? I'm going to gain all these riches. And yet you're going to stay in that, in that dumb state, if you will, that ignorant state because nobody has taught and trained you properly. Well, thank God that, the, that Jesus Christ is sending the teachers into the earth, amen? The right teachers, amen? The scribes and those that are representing, those that are disciplined, those that are disciples doing the work of God, the sons of God doing the work of God in the earth, amen? This is what... This is the way of the Lord, right? Elijah must come first. The fatherhood principle came and is here in the earth. Praise God. And he's raising up sons of God. Our father's raising up sons of God and bringing them into maturity. And when I say sons, I'm not talking about 
excluding the daughters. I'm, I'm including, it's an all-inclusive thing, sons. It's who you are before the Lord. Sons and daughters of God, amen. And the point I'm making is that this is the way of God. This is the kingdom of God, not what's out there in this world. Now, let's take a look at the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. And I'm going to read this in the message translation. I've, I've shared this, I don't know how many times now, but it, it, I just constantly keep going back to it because the Lord is continuously showing me uh, his word in these, in these areas. All right. Verse 3 in the message translation, the world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. Paul is saying, Paul wrote this, the Apostle Paul, right? He said, we don't fight our battles that way. We never have and we never will. Praise God. He says, the, the, verse 4, the tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entirely massive, massively corrupt culture. You see, and, and I was thinking about, well, this individual that I was talking to yesterday, he was telling me about, he works downtown down there where, where he lives in that area in Fort Worth. And he was saying, you know, big ministers getting ready to come through and, and they've got all these banners and all these, these signs and stuff everywhere, right? This marketing, right? Tools. You know, Jesus, he didn't have all that, right? He had the Spirit of God, amen. And he knew his Father's heart, amen. He knew what his Father wanted in the earth and his only desire was to please the Father, right? And yet the scripture says, and look, look, check, look, take a look at this in Luke chapter, is it 12? Hang on, man. Luke chapter 12, verse 1. I'm going to read this in the message translation. By this time, the crowd unwieldy and stepping on each other's toes numbered into the thousands. When you look at that in the Greek, it means 10,000 Marias, Marias. But Jesus' Jesus's primary concern was his disciples. He said to them, watch yourselves carefully so you don't get contaminated with Pharisee yeast, Pharisee phoniness, hypocrisy, in other words, emptiness. And so Jesus, the point I like to make from this, from this scripture here, First of all, in the King James, he said, first of all, he turned to the disciples, first of all. That's where his heart was, right? He was raising up sons, right? And he said to them, beware the Pharisees, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. It's all show, man. It's all uh, emptiness. It's all to gain that money, that favor and that, and that position and so on and that, and that mastery over the people. And, and like I said, Maria's 10,000. So I like to say that Jesus already had his mega church. Can you imagine? They didn't have amplifiers. They didn't have a way to amplify the sound and stuff. How in the world did this get accomplished? Well, he did it. And he showed us the pattern. He says, don't do it like this world, right? Don't do it like the Pharisees. And so I was sharing that with him and says, he said, that's funny because, you know, there's a minister getting ready to minister here in the area and they got banners and they got advertisements all over the place, you know. Hey, this guy's coming. Well, that's the way the world does it, amen. That's the carnal man. As it says here, the tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. 
And it's the same thing he said to Jeremiah, right? See what I've done? I've given you a job to do among the nations and governments. A red letter day. Your job is to pull up and tear down and take apart and demolish and then start over building and planting. And so, again, uh, the tools of our trade, amen. The weapons of our warfare is how words in the King James Version. We use, verse 5, our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers, erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ, mm, by the Holy Ghost. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground for every obstruction and building lives of obedience unto maturity. Praise God. That should be the desire of anybody that's bringing forth the word of the Lord and bringing forth the purpose of God in the earth and bring sons of God and daughters of God into maturity through obedience so that they might come into their fullness in God and what their purpose is and so on on a massive scale. You stare and stare at the obvious, but you can't see the forest for the trees. If you're looking for a clear example of someone on Christ's side, why do you so quickly cut me out? Believe me, I am quite sure of my standing with Christ. You see? And I'm gonna I'm not gonna continue reading there, but the point is is that God Paul's telling these guys that I know who I am in the Lord, and I know my place in the Lord, and I know my authority in the Lord. Amen. And it was an authority as you read as you read on that he said extends to you. God has given me this place. I didn't set myself up like this. <laughs> Amen. Paul loved the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he taught us the ways of God. Amen. In his letters and in his in his format and how God revealed these things to him. And God would, would again, the, the purpose was raising up sons of God. Amen. Daughters of God. Bringing them into obedience to the word of God. So that leads me into what we're talking about today. And that is, is that... Um, the making of a leader, right? And that the price of discipleship, right? God didn't make leaders. He made servants that became disciples. And once you're a disciple, you're leading. It's not a, it's not a, uh, a transition that says, okay, now you're a leader. Because if you're a disciple, you're doing it the way of the Lord. You've been brought through the process of discipleship, which means your life has been corrected and been adjusted to conform to a life, as he said, shaped by Christ, a structure, the superstructure, amen, the way of the Lord, something beyond what we understand here in the earth, right? As the scripture says that to one, we're the savor of death. Let me read that. Second Corinthians chapter two. I'm going to read this in the King James. Verse 16, 216, to the one we are the savor of death unto death, unto the other the savor of life unto life, Zoe unto Zoe. And who is sufficient for all these things, man? Who is sufficient? Who has enough? Who can meet? Who can do all this, right? And the word savor there it means a fragrance, a smell, an odor, right? Oh gosh. Whew. I was in this place the other day and man, one thing that the, well, it doesn't, you know, I mean, once you start learning the ways of God, you don't really have to have a lot of discernment to know you're in a situation that's got demonic activity all around you. Not to mention, you can smell 
those foul spirits and their drugs and their and their methamphetamines and their methane, the scripture for the word for drunkenness in the New Testament, it doesn't just mean drinking alcohol, it's intoxication. It means anything that influences your your mind and your body and alters you. That's methane. Well, all these drugs and all these things that people do and in, this, in these areas that they allow themselves to be bound up, amen, this is all methane, okay? But the point is, is that that stench, oh, it's awful. But Paul says here, to the one where the savor of death unto death, and to the other zoe unto zoe, life unto life. And who is sufficient for all these things? Let me look at that in the message translation. This is 2 Corinthians 2.16. But those on the way to destruction treat us more like the stench from a rotting corpse. This is a terrific responsibility. Is anyone competent to take it on? So to the one were death, to the other were life. And he said, who is sufficient? Who can manage all this? Well, in the flesh, in the carnal man, you cannot do that. Because you're always playing to what the people want to hear. And you've got to tailor everything that it doesn't come off as, right, harsh. Because what is the body of Christ going to do? Well, well, we'll go to this church, another church, man. They don't, they don't correct us. They don't, they don't try to get in our lives. They just let us be and they just collect our money. And we, we sing and we pray and we hear the message and we move on. <laughs> and verse 17, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, Paul said, but as of sincerity. Mm. Sincerity, man. Let's look at that word. Purity, sincerity, ingenuousness, clearness, impurity, right? I'm not looking, Paul said, for a way to get anything from you. We're not, we're not those that corrupt. Corrupt means to sell or to peddle. To be a retailer, to peddle, to make money by selling anything. Well, what are they doing out there, right? They're selling the word all the time, right? Freely have received, freely give. That's what Jesus does. For we dare, not, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, the logos of God, but as of sincerity, as of sincerity and pureness, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we Christ. This place that we have to minister and preach the kingdom of God and teach the kingdom of God, amen, is in the presence of God before the people. Mm. Lord of God. And the just shall live by faith, amen. We please God by the lifestyle and the faith towards God that we live in as sons and daughters of God. Knowing that, that God is a reward, amen. And He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I don't have to fuss and worry about all these things. If I know the Father has the best interest in mind for my life and my family. And so should you. So again, Paul, right? Talking about, you know, the making of a leader. We don't make leaders in the kingdom of God. You are a servant of God. The greatest one among you is the one who serves. And therefore, you, become, you, step, you come into discipleship and to being trained how to be a disciple of God by the word of God, 
and then you're automatically a leader. Look at 14, 28 through 30, Luke chapter 14, 28. Praise God. For which of you, 14, 28, Luke 14, 28, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it? Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all the behold began to mock him. You see, when we, well, let's finish, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. You see, when we start out in God, right? We, we, we serve God and we, and we follow after the Lord and His Word is bringing us correction and, and training us and teaching us His ways and so on so that we can make adjustments in our lives to align ourselves to the purpose of God, which is the Word of God, that we might learn the way of God, that He might bring us into the work of God. And yet, the ones that are laughing at us and mocking us because we don't finish or complete what God has started in our hearts and lives by continuously pursuing after Him is the demonic realm. Yet, on the flip side, let me show you scripture the Lord showed me today this morning. Meditating on it, praise God. <clears throat> verse 8, Psalm 91, verse 8. Only with our eyes shall we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Now, we're not talking about wicked as people. We're talking about wicked as demonic, right? And what do we see? How are they seeing the reward? What is the reward of the wicked? The reward of the wicked is that land that is taken back in the spirit. The dominion of our God and what our Father gave us is being accomplished in the spirit. We take dominion with force. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be strong as in dunamo. In other words, have the power of God, right? The power of the Lord, right? Be strong as in dunamo, which means... Hang on a minute. Strong is the word in dunamo, and it means to be strong, to be endued with strength, to have strength, to receive strength, to increase in strength, empowered, enabled. Be strong, empowered, and enabled in the Lord and in the kratos, which means dominion of his might, which means force, the dominion of his force. In other words, as you grow in the grace of God and the divine influence of God in your heart and on your lives by your spirit, you're growing in dominion. You're taking back the land, that inheritance that belongs to you and me as sons of God. We're taking it back. So then, back to the prior verse, only with our eyes shall we behold and see the reward of the wicked. The reward of the wicked is that the dominion of God is growing in the earth. We are established in the earth as ones that reconcile unto our Father, bringing it back to the Lord for His glory. Right? And we're recovering in these battles Sons of God, daughters of God, we're changing and all this warped philosophy and all this twisted thinking is being rooted out. And this is the reward of the wicked. They're seeing the dominion of God being established in the earth and the lives of the brothers and sisters that are seeing and hearing the gospel of the kingdom. And therefore walking in it, in the principles of God and the truths of God, and therefore coming to that place where they're gaining ground in the spirit. They're taking dominion, in other words. 
So that's the reward of the wicked. They're seeing all that. That's their reward. In other words, our reward is that we're coming into our place in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're coming into our place of sonship, of maturity as sons of God. Hmm. Wow. Mm, praise God. Amen. And that's what I want. <laughs> I want to come into what, what God has established for my life, don't you? Uh, I think you do, praise God. Listen to the scripture. This is Revelation chapter 21, verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, glory to God, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. The word son is the word weos. Let me read it again. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my weos, my son, my fully matured son. Only the sons of God can inherit the fullness of God. Only the sons of God can manage it the way Jesus managed it. And while I'm on that subject, look at what one son, Jesus Christ, that came into maturity, as the scripture said, right? We saw that he was in the, in the temple preaching and he came and submitted himself and then he grew in stature and wisdom and favor with God and man, right? So do we as sons of God. As you, as you favor the people, as you minister and you help and you serve them, the favor of God grows in the city. I mean, I may never see those people again in my life, but that's not what I'm getting at. The point is, is that the grace of God is growing in our lives because we're being servants not to take away from the people, not as thieves and robbers, but as sons of God, wanting them to understand and see the goodness of the Lord in the earth. Right? <clears throat> so Jesus, when he was baptized with John the Baptist, the voice came from heaven, the Spirit of God descended on like a dove, and the scripture says that the voice said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Son is the word we are, fully matured Son. Look what one son did in the earth. Look at all the favor and the wisdom and the stature that he grew in. Character, man. Developed as a son of God. The word of God. Get involved in the word of God. We know he was a word, man, because look what he was doing in the temple at 12 years old. Asking questions and being asked questions. Doing his father's business, but it wasn't the right time. So he had to come under authority, amen. No problem. He was going to do the word, amen? And that's the way of God, and he knew that. And he came under authority. And so should we, amen? But like I said, he came into maturity, and look what one fully matured son did. Amen? And out of that, he raised up 12 more. Elijah must come first. The fatherhood principle is to raise up and train up and make disciples and bring them into maturity as sons and daughters of God. I was in a men's meeting recently, and the brother was talking about, you know, praise God, we're getting these people born again, da, da, da. I don't remember exactly how he was wording on that, but I said, I said that's, not the, that's not what the Great Commission is to this individual. The Great Commission was to make disciples, and when you make anything, you have to craft it, right? You have to shape it, you have to mold it, you have to grind on it, you have to... Lay, put it on a lathe, you have to weld it, you have to cut the steel, whatever these things are. You got to build a home, you got to nail it, you got to construct it. That's not easy, right? And yet, 
That's what Jesus told them to do and tells us to do as sons of God. When you come into sonship and understand maturity in the kingdom of God, you realize that your purpose is to make disciples, train them and teach them and bring them into maturity. He that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my weos. He's going to be my fully matured son of God. But look what one son did, right? Elijah must come first. The fatherhood principle, he he showed him the father, right? All this time I've been with you, I've been showing you the father. And he said, show us the father and it suffices us, right? Thomas. And Jesus said, all this time I've been with you, man, I've been showing you the father. See, when you're understanding the way of the Lord, amen, and you're understanding what son is he when the father does not correct, are you bastards and not we us? See, a bastard... A carnal man, he won't receive the way of God, the kingdom of God, the correction of God. It challenges his intellect, and they don't like that in the carnal realm. Who do you think you are? Who sent you? That's what they told Jesus. It's the same thing they do today. Who do you think you are, Joseph? You haven't went through the classes. You haven't went through the 401, the 101, the 201, the 301. You haven't been ordained. That's right. I'm not going to be ordained as a gift. Amen. I'm not worried about that. That's not my goal. My goal is to be, be obedient to the Father. Was Jesus ordained? Hello. Did you see him go through any of these formats that they do in there today? Ordaining them as pastors? Every one of them pastors? Come on, man. We're missing out, man. We're missing so much of what God has intended for the people of God all over this earth. Because we're doing it all this Babylonian ways. What glory is that bringing to God, man? Hmm. All right. God. Philippians 2, 1 through 9. Hmm. You know, I had a dream one time. And I was camping with my brothers. And, um. In the dream, brothers that I know, brothers from the fellowship that I came from were in the dream. Excuse me. And um, in the dream, there was this serpent thing, huge, round, big serpent, slithering in and out of the camp all around through it. And then in the next scene in the dream, we had all slaughtered the dragon. We killed it, man. We slaughtered it. And then there was great rejoicing in man. And what the Lord showed me out of that is that Joseph, I've joined you to your brothers to fight Babylon. I didn't know what the Lord meant back then, man. I didn't know I'd be spending so much time trying to teach the people to get the Babylonian system out of their lives. As the scripture says in Revelation, come out of her, that you be not judged with her. And so praise God, here I am doing the work of God, the will of God, the way of God. Amen. Philippians 2 verse 1, If there be any consolations and mercies, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. You know, my son told me recently, he said, Papa, I hope someday that I can... 
I can see the soul the way you see it. And I had another brother tell me the same thing, right? And understanding, see, the more the word of God is our life, and you can go read it yourself, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13, right? A God trying to get us to a place where we see these things, spirit and soul, joints and marrow, discernment, thoughts and intents. Four areas there. And then it says, all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. With his pros and to do his logos, the, the logos, the amount of word in your life and the time you fellowship with God is going to allow you to see these things, marismos and distinct, dividing asunder of the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow of discernment and thoughts and intents of the heart. You can see these things because you're seeing them after the word and the word and the spirit agree. So my son says, Papa, I hope someday that I can see the soul the way you see it. And I'm reading that because, you know, I don't try to prove that I'm spiritual. I'm not trying to prove that I know how to move in the manifestation of the spirit. And as the scripture says, let nothing be done through strife for vainglory and loneliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of other. In other words, don't be caring just about your stuff. Also care about your brothers and sisters. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 5. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Was Jesus Christ a man? Yes, he was. He wasn't a woman, right? That same word man right there is the same word in Ephesians chapter 4 where it says, And he gave gifts unto men. It's the same word. What do you think he's talking about? He's talking to the man right here. But we have to understand there's grace, amen, and the way of God also is that he's talking to all of us. But we need to have distinct, distinction in these areas. He, and being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The death was death to him, suke, soul, right? The great exchange. I exchanged my life, soul, that I might have gained your life, spirit, life, zoe. And that's what we must do daily. Paul said, I died daily. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. If you do not take up your cross and follow me, if you do not deny yourselves, you see, then you're not going to have me, basically. You're not going to have my life. But what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Right? The exchange must happen. Adam sought to save it, his soul, and he lost it, the life of God. We must seek to lose our lives, our own soul, our own dreams and visions and passions and desires right? That we might gain the life of God. Jesus said, I've got power to lay it down. I've got power to take it up. We do too. You have the power to take down your own suitcase soul and lay it down and do the will of God, the way of God, that you might come into the work of God. In verse 9, wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. You see? When you come to that place of sonship and you come to that place of authority in the Lord, in the Lord, you have the name. You represent the name of God in the earth. The authority, the character. Amen. And the honor. Philippians 2, 6, he was deity who being in the form of God. You see that? He was God. But yet he humbled himself as a man. 
Matthew 5, 10, and 12. Matthew 5. Let's look at that. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil falsely against you for my sake. Interesting thing here is that the word evil, 4190, is the word poneros, right? And, and, it, and it means um, hurtful, evil, refer, which um, diseased, all right? And then the next word right after that is rhema. So in other words, these are inspired words from the demonic realm. All this evil and all this speaking against you. You know, watch out for Joseph, you know. Be careful when you're around him. Don't say too much, right? Because he'll bring that word of the Lord out of him. He'll bring that spirit out and cut down all that corruption, all that warped philosophy. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so clear when you see these things in the spirit and the word and how you're able to see in the spirit and soul is so clear. Amen? So, again, Ramos, evil Ramos. Oof, against you. And I and I deal with that all the time. I, I get people that insult me and I don't even know I'm being insulted, man. Isn't that interesting? Because you know why? Because I'm not looking to rise up against anything for myself. I don't have to. God backs me up. And how, as the scripture says of Paul, and our brother, when I came unto you, I didn't come unto you in man's wisdom, but I came unto you in the demonstration of I came into you the wisdom and demonstration of the power of God. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. That's second, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to go to that one real quick. Mm. Verse 4. And my speech, my logos, and my preaching was not with enticing words, logos of man's wisdom. You see that? Man's wisdom. Human's wisdom. But in the demonstration of the spirit and of dunamis, power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the dunamis of God. Right? One of the things I understand about the way of God is the reason God is teaching his people because he wants to manifest his power in our lives. The dunamis, the explosive power. You understand? One miracle, look at one miracle, what one miracle will do. And when that one miracle, man, the fame, it's not for you. It's for the people to bring glory and honor to God. Mm. It's the way of the Lord. The people have to get taught first. There is no, Jesus said he marveled because of their unbelief. And therefore he could do no mighty dunamis. He couldn't do the power of God because they didn't have the word of God. So he had to teach them. Hmm. Philippians 3, 1 through 8. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you, to me, is indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. Concision. That word means to cut up, to mutilate, cutting down those that are just slicing with their words, man. But we are the circumcision. 
which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, in the carnal man. We don't have flesh in the confidence in this carnal man. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak, Jesus said. And then he said, the words, the rhemas that I speak unto you, flesh and blood doesn't reveal all that. You can't see these things if you're carnal, okay? Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I am more. And he starts describing all these areas. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin and Hebrew of the Hebrews is touching the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. You see, you think that you're at a gain, a position of where you gain because you have all this position and title and degrees and these things. And I'm not excluding education and stuff. I'm saying you must be led of the Spirit. Amen. Yet doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Amen. To hold oneself above, that is to excel in the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them but done that I may win Christ. Look at that, man. I count them nothing that I might win Christ. Praise God. Can you understand all that? Praise God. And so, by the same token, you know, I'm saying that to say that it's all about being led of the Spirit, amen. And these guys were unlearned men. Jesus, they said of him, where did he get this knowledge? Where did he get this wisdom and understanding? You get this because you spend time with the Lord. It's available to all of us. You study and you read and you pray and you seek out this word, amen. <clears throat> Luke 19, 1 through 9. Luke 19, 1 through 9. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Woo! He was loaded up, eh? Chief among the publicans, a chief tax collector. And he sought to see Jesus, who was, and could not, who sought to see Jesus who who he was and who could not for the press because of the little because he was little of stature short guy and he ran before and climbed into the sycamore tree to see him and he for he was to pass that way and when Jesus came in to the place he looked up and saw him and said unto him Zacchaeus make haste come down for today I must abide at thy house and he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they were all murmured, saying that he was gone into a guest to be with the man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Man, look at this guy's heart. Money didn't rule him, praise God. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Praise God. 
Jesus came and brought the salvation of God. In other words, the salvation of God is Jesus Christ. And he came to this man's house, glory to God. This man's heart was right before the Lord, amen. Praise God. That's the attitude we have to have, brothers and sisters. Luke 5, 27. Amen. And after these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sit, sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. You see, he went to a better place, amen, following Jesus. So did this guy Zacchaeus. He left all and rose and followed him. The cost, the price of discipleship, amen. Yes, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you reputation. <clears throat> Philippians 2 verse 7, right? Mm. Mm. Philippians 2 verse 7. But made himself of no reputation, amen. See, He's got to be first. Jesus has to be first. He is the precious, amen. Everything else is secondary to the Lord. And, and it's part of the way of God that persecution is going to become your lot. It's just the way of God because the world doesn't want to hear anything that contradicts its ways and its perversion. The very presence, of, the very existence of your, of your life in the places that we're at in our workplaces and our homes and our fellowships when we represent the kingdom of God and bring forth the way of God, the Logos, the word, it tears them up in the carnal realm because all they have to do is repent and turn from all that. <laughs> Ooh. Verse 10, Matthew 5. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness', righteousness sakes, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Discipleship is going to cost you. Persecution becomes a way of life for you. You see? And as the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 18, 118, amen? 1 Corinthians 118. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of the dunamis of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise, where is the scribe, where is the disputer of this world, of this age? Hath not God made the foolishness, made foolish the wisdom of this world, the cosmos? <clears throat> For after that, <clears throat> in wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks and those that are wise, foolishness. The carnal man sees all this as foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power, the dunamis of God, and the wisdom of God, the Sophia. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men are chosen after the flesh, not many mighty are chosen, not many noble are chosen after the flesh, those that are able and powerful. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world, the cosmos, to confound those that are wise. And the God has chosen the weak things of the world 
to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised as God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught the things that are and that no flesh, no carnal man shall glory in his presence. Mm. <clears throat> so a disciple is despised, 1 Corinthians 4, 6 through 10. 1 Corinthians 4, 6 through 10, a disciple is despised. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that, no, that none of you be puffed up for one against another. For who, hath, who maketh thee to differ one from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why didst thou glory is that thou hadst not received it? Hmm. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. Now, ye are full. Now you are rich, but have reigned as kings without us. And I would to God that we did reign, that ye might also reign with us. And I would to God ye did reign, that ye might reign with us. No, wait a minute. That ye did reign, that we might also reign with you. Amen. Dominion again. For I think that God hath set us forth as apostles last, and as it were appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels, and to men. See, unto the world, we're made a spectacle, man. And a spectacle means a theater, a place, a public show, man, where they can see every dot and tittle of our lives. Mm. We are fools for Christ's sake, but we are wise in Christ. We are weak, but we are strong. We are honorable, yet we are despised. You see that, brothers and sisters? It's the way, it's the way of God, amen. <clears throat> Discipleship is going to cost you your life. Sec Philippians 2, 8, he, he obedient unto death, the death of his own suke, his own soul. Luke 14, 27 through 33, if you prefer your own life, you must bear your own cross or you can't be my disciple. If you prefer your own life, you can't be my disciple. Matthew 16, 25. Whosoever will save his suke, his soul, shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his soul for my sake, the same shall find it. Again, the great exchange, life for life. Your life, suke, for his zoe. If you give up the zoe and make your own choice, then it's your life. Simple. Oh, man. Galatians 2.20 Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the, in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and has given himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. You see, but righteousness didn't come by the law, it came through Christ. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, amen. Therefore, it's not in vain that we serve God because we're doing it in the righteousness of God, amen. And as John said in John 3.30, he must increase, I must decrease. It's not about me anymore. It's not about you, and it's about Jesus. 
Well, it's 10.09 now, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to read the next section because I want you guys to go study it out yourselves. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this real quick. And this is a little section from the outline. The bottom part of the outline is, is the nine disqualifications of discipleship. Okay? And so, again, discipleship is going to cost us, right? We must understand that this is the way of God. Hallelujah. Well, I trust, amen, that we have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, amen. Our Father, I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, for the opportunity to stand in your presence, Father God, and teach your people of your ways, Father. The children of Israel knew your acts, but Moses knew your ways, Father. I pray in Jesus' name that they're hearing the call to come out of Babylon, that they won't be judged with her. <clears throat> I thank you how you're training us and teaching us, teaching us, Father, that the, the cost of discipleship, it costs us, Father, to serve you. It's going to cost us this reputation in the world. But amen, we don't seek the world, we don't seek its glory. We're not seeking after the world, but we're seeking after you, Lord God. I thank you for your faithfulness, Father, to your people. I thank you how you watch over your word to perform it. I thank you for your angels, Father God, that encamp around about them that fear you, Lord God, and equips them. I thank you, Lord God, that your angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister unto them who are the heirs of salvation. <clears throat> I thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit and for those that will hear these words now, that have heard these words now and that will hear these words in the future. Thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and mercy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Praise God.